You're listening to the Counting Lights Podcast with Chris Dubinay and Dan Danzy. Counting Lights Podcast, where comedy and wrestling lock up. All right, here we go. Counting Lights Podcast. Let's What's going on? Bam, we're here and we've got a special guest uh, uh, today. Uh, stand-up comic, Twitch streamer, wrestling fan, the very hilarious Mr. Jerry Rocha, ladies hey. and gentlemen. Hey, yeah, look at this. Together yeah. again. <laughs> how's the, back how's uh how's the pandemic treating you <laughs> oh man it's been amazing <laughs> it's, how, oh god how, it's how have you stayed sane through this whole thing man I mean, watching everybody else not be sane mm. you know what i mean like literally just watching these morons act like they're martyrs because they can't go to baskin robbins <laughs> and they have to go protest like a bunch of fucking idiots it's like you oh, know what shit. just shut the fuck up and had all you not you two had all you dumb motherfuckers <laughs> just stayed inside and put on a fucking mask since fucking February. We'd be through with this shit. But no, they had to listen. All right, I'm gonna go off on a rant. Sorry. No, go, 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 go ahead, go ahead. They had to listen to this fucking orange painted fucking wig wearing wannabe dictator, and they're like, well, "This is the right thing." Hey, uh, Jerry, tell us how you really feel. Man. <laughs> So the wrestling fans just tuned out. <laughs> They're out. They're out. <laughs> they but it's interesting left. to see how many major wrestling names, with the exception of Vince, have kind of turned on Trump. Like, they're all kind of, I mean, guys like Nash were never on his side, but now I, someone told me that Triple H was was already shitting on him and stuff. It's like, wow, all right yeah. then. Like that, that, I mean, that's... Mick when, Foley. When, Mick, Foley yeah, Mick Foley's been going crazy. He wants, he wants him out of the Hall of Fame. No shit. Which is not he even... Should be. They either. shouldn't have a celebrity wing anyway. Look, I love Bob Euchre as much as the next guy, but he doesn't deserve to be. Why the fuck is he in the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame? And I'm like, yeah, I'm a Bob Euchre mark, but come on. He doesn't need to be in the Hall of Fame. It, it doesn't make any sense. He was, so, he was like on TV three times. Like, yeah, it, he got in before Macho Man. Think about that. He got in years before Macho Man, but they gave it to Bob. Drew Carey, I think, was in before Macho Drew Man. Carey. Drew yeah, Carey. like that makes the, no yeah. fucking so like it just yeah. So it like yeah it I, I oh man that, that's I, I yeah he should be out. He shouldn't even fucking in there. In the, man, I did a Zoom show two <laughs> nights or three nights ago where I just went off on the riots, and I was like I started a I wrote the shit down like five minutes before the set. And I'm like, should I even do this? Yeah. And I just, I launched into it. I did a whole chunk about the chick who got shot in the neck, you know, the one, and I was just like, and I'm like, and it worked. Thank God the crowd was into it. I might lose more of your wrestling fans. Sorry, but it was, that was, you asked about the pandemic. That's how I stayed sane. I'm watching her get shot on a loop. It is the fucking, <laughs> because when, the minute the bullet hits her, she has this perfect look on her face of, I have not uh -oh. seen it. I have not seen it. Oh, oh man. I, right when the bullet hits her, it, she has this look like, this isn't supposed to happen to white people. And then she just collapsed. <laughs> like, it was, it, you just saw her white privilege just go right out the fucking window. And she had to, and my, my point was, she did it for Donald fucking Trump. She didn't do yeah. it because it was like, hey, look, your kid won't have cancer anymore if you just take a right. bullet and jump through this window. No, she did it for that piece of shit. And that was again, the most sincere thing he probably thought he could say to eulogize her in his head, I guarantee you was, oh, well, we lost a six. Awful day. A six died. 
go to all the aids and above, no violence, stay at home. Wait, like that's, I mean, it just, oh, fuck. I was like. Um, breaking news. She's actually being inducted into the WWE She's, next. she's next. Vince More, is putting her in. Before Macho Man. Before, <laughs> before Macho Man. <laughs> Well, so, yeah, I've, I've been staying sane by just, you know, my girlfriend thankfully works from home. So now and we just we just are like, let's just we're in this together. You know, we're just going to fucking you only make super. I double mask up if I got to go to the grocery store. But, you know, they, now we do the pickup and delivery and all that shit, which is so much easier because L.A. They say supposedly one in every three residents has it. Oh Jesus! Yeah, and it you guys crazy. have been locked down worse than anybody in the fucking yeah. United States, man. But it, but it, these these morons don't care. They just, last mm-hmm. night they just busted a party. LAPD busted some underground party where people didn't give a shit, and they were just throwing some party in some undisclosed location. And it's like, okay, like this is why it's not. And then they haven't closed down any malls. Like the malls are still open. Oh shit! Like you you can go to a mall. I mean, some gyms are still open in Southern California. It's like okay. I, I, thought, I thought malls should have been shut down back immediately. In yeah, back. In, <laughs> I don't. I've never seen the point of a mall. Right. Like, well, the people in L. A. Got to got to get their fucking Louis Vuitton. <laughs> right, they had to get it. We the Beverly Hills can't be hurt during this. It has is, to stay. It's a, is that what it is though? Is it is it because of like everyone goes to L. A. to hustle and whatever right. like entertainment thing that they're in is it is that the reason why people are still going out to hustle to make it or is it just like a lot of people in the entertainment industry it's open i mean there's still productions and shit but like yeah i think it's a lot of it is people are just it boils down to we are we are a group of entitled dickheads a bunch of selfish motherfuckers we got we all have to like and and look i Stand up is my everything. I'm mm-hmm. not setting foot in a fucking comedy club. I don't give a fuck. Oh, we have these safety. I don't buy that. Any, clubs are as greedy as an ex person. They're going to do whatever they can. Plane. Come to Dallas. Yeah. <laughs> All the rest of you fuckers are going to fucking Texas. Come yeah, on. Right. Texas, bro. I do it. I can't. Nah, this is it, man. I'm here. I, no. I thought it like. <laughs> I just. I, I'm not setting foot in a club until everybody's vaccinated. Fuck that shit. It's too. Like I'm gonna, I'm the reason my girlfriend's parents die. Yeah, I'm gonna have that on me. Fuck that's that, true. just because I had to go. You know, no way. I'm not fucking around with that. Like yeah. I just don't come back to Texas because even COVID carries a gun down here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so are you are you like me where you're you're high risk to it and you just or is it because the girlfriend's parents and it's just everything. Your- it's just like it, like you just hear you, you say some people their teeth fucking fall out. I don't want to fuck with any of that shit. I'm just. I I like it, and then everyone's and then of course you have these moron conspiracy theory dipshits who are like it's just like the flu <laughs> like yeah yeah because every flu season they have to put bodies in the fucking gift shops of hospitals because they're running out of ICU beds yeah just like the flu every flu season we deal with this I don't man for you or me it might feel just like the flu to the next person that you give it to it could fucking kill them so yeah. that's why i don't yeah, want to fuck it depends on the person and, i mean yep. I, but you i can hear rednecks turning their fucking their phones off right now yeah, yeah, there's, oh, yeah. i don't want to hear this shit the <laughs> hell i want to hear about bob Uecker. when they were on bob Uecker. <laughs> see that's my style I want to um, hear about why Euchre's in the Hall of Fame. You ain't taking him out over my dead body. You're taking Euchre out. Don't tread on my Hall of Fame. Well, your, yeah. whole, your, your entire life was traveling 
uh, you know, every yeah. every yeah. fucking week. I mean, that's oh, what yeah. you were doing. You were on the road all the time. I mean, it's it yep. completely has totally changed your life. Yeah, I miss it. I fucking miss it. It sucks, but it's like, hey, there's, you know, it's, there's other, you, know, you just, right now, it's just too, it's a global fucking pandemic. I don't want to fuck around. It's just, and again, it's not that I'm, like, I think about it, like, if I were single and lived alone and just was in my old tiny apartment when I first moved to LA, yeah, maybe, but at the same time, that's still a little selfish because you have to think about the people in the club. You have to think about so many different People you the could affect staff. Yeah. the wait staff that you know there might be some couple who's in the front row and if you have it and you're fine but you give it to them and then they die it's like and then a comedy club all you're doing is just letting out particles from your fucking mouth for three hours <laughs> right. you're laughing you're talking you you know people are drinking eating yeah. like there's no there's no safety there and you know it's just it, I just think it's you know, that's that's why I'm like, nah, I thought about it first. Like, maybe I could pull this off. I was like, no, it's just and it's not even so much for me. You have to worry about the person next to you, too. That's that's where that's what a lot of people don't give a shit about. And yes, I made fun of a chick getting shot. And I'm talking about worrying about the person. No, no, next no. To you. But you know. she was breaking to all you blue lives matter fucks who beat a cop to death. She was breaking the fucking law. So there you go. All right. <laughs> I love anyway. how it keeps coming back to that. Oh, double <laughs> down, brother. No, no, no. What's your favorite memory of The Undertaker? Go. <laughs> oh, God. I oh. See how he brings it back to the lady being shot in the neck. <laughs> I could do this. I think. Hey, you, grew, uh, you grew up right here in Dallas, right? Yes, I did. Uh, my dad, my mom's boyfriend, uh, would take me to the Sportatorium to go check out uh, World Class Championship Wrestling, oh, baby. Shit. That was. Um, now, I was fortunate enough. Uh, to do Stone Cold's podcast. And I told this story on Nice. It, it was a couple of, maybe about five years ago, four or five years ago. And he, he loved this story, but, and he was like, and he, so I was like four. We'll get to my favorite taker memory in a second, but I was four. <laughs> I was just asking you got plenty of time. Take your but time. if you want to say your favorite, taker I'll do memory. it. Uh, I, I, I was like four and we went. And of course at four years old, it's you're all in. Right there, you, uh, I, the word kayfabe wasn't in my vocabulary. I didn't know what any of that. I thought these were thought it was real guys. Yeah. I thought these were heroes and villains just right. beating the shit out of each other. Like, you know, and, um, and I remember Kamala comes out and Chris, you know, this, he was pretty much comic relief, right? Yeah. If he was like mid card comic relief, wasn't he kind of he what he was, was just, but he was, dude, he was a, he was a, if you stood next to him, he was a scary son of a bitch. Right? You know, like yes. He was, he was all of six six. And, oh my god! You know, three probably three sixty. Yep. And uh, I mean, you stood next to him. It, it, it's, Sugar Bear Harris is who the yes or not Sugar Bear yeah. Harris. And what a sweet guy. It was so, you know he was just as yeah lovable. And Jerry Lawler's the one that came up with that gimmick. Uh, oh really? Yeah. It's there's an actual picture. Uh, that you know Jerry's an artist. He's actually a he, he's actually uh, oh, that's awesome. He, he's, and shit. Yeah, well, yeah he's, he's he's he actually um, uh, did the drawings for some of uh, a mix books. 
Uh, oh wow! Like I think it's Christmas book and maybe a couple, maybe a couple others. He actually did the illustrations for him. Wow! Um, he's actually an unbelievable. He's a very talented guy. Yeah. And, uh, so he had he looked up this picture of this um, African um, warrior, and that's where they got the actual. That's painting. amazing. And he That's amazing. painted that on Sugar Bear Harris. Oh, Sugar Bear, shit. Sugar Bear Harris was a uh, wrestler, you know, big, lovable teddy bear yeah. of a wrestler that wasn't getting any work. And he showed up at, at one of Jerry Jarrett's shows to try and get some work. And, you know... Jerry is painted African stuff and, and on Jerry, it right when he entered the building. Jerry is very <laughs> we got plans for you. Jerry Lawler was very similar to the way Dusty Rhodes was. When he saw yeah. a guy like that, he thought, Oh my God, this is a guy who I could turn into a monster yeah. and beat him and make me look good. Yes, right, 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 right. So Jerry came up with this idea and painted, and, and they actually did the uh, promo for Kamala in Jerry Jarrett's backyard. Made it look like the jungles of Africa. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I mean, he was a monster, but you yeah, know, uh, you know, he was, you know, he also a guy that uh, actually slammed Andre the Giant. Yeah. Yeah. So you were four years old and watching Sugar Bear Harris's Kamala. And, and, I, and again, I didn't know, like, because I remember like he would have his his handler who would tell him how to pin. And he was I think he was wrestling Friday. two guys at once. Friday. Right. And he was wrestling two guys at once, right? And just mopping the floor with them, right? And I remember I got terrified and I looked at my dad and I just said, I, and I, I didn't say, but in my head, I'm like, if this guy breaks loose, we're all dead. You know what I mean? Like I thought if this guy, if this guy just says, fuck it, once I'm done with these two, I'm killing every motherfucker in this room. And so I got legitimately scared and I begged my dad to take me home. And it was great. Like he could have ruined the whole thing. He could have said, son, this is entertainment, blah, blah, blah. But instead he was like, okay, well, yeah, he's scary. We should go. I believed I, you know what I mean? I was like, I bought it with. For the next 12, fuck, you know what I mean? I, part of me, I was like 14 years old going, I mean, The Undertaker might be a zombie, guys. We don't know. There's a chance. There's a chance he might really have just rose from the dead and that urn is keeping him alive. Like, that was like part of me really, like, I was, like, I was so, and then, uh, and Austin was like, I forgot the name, uh, but he, he said, he goes, about Sugar Bear, goes, oh, man, he'd love that story. He'd oh, love yeah. that he scared oh, yeah. the shit out of a four-year-old. He'd loved it. I was like, yeah. Do you do you remember the little rascals with the uh, with the man from Borneo? The man from Borneo, the yum yum, eat him up, yum yum, eat him up, eat him up. Yes. So that was the kind of the gist of what they were turning Kamala in. Oh, I love it. That's great. That is great. That that is so that was. That was my one of my just where I was like, oh, this is the, I love I'm in for life. Like I was just that that well, set at four me years up old. Come on, at four years, it old. was and then according year, and then like it was weird. It was? Right, oh God, eighty two. God Prime, eighty one, eighty one, eighty two. It prime was yeah, class like, championship wrestling, man. And I remember too when it was. The, the saddest I've ever been at school, right? It, the, one was high school when Kurt Cobain killed himself. Uh, yeah, yeah. I remember everyone at school was just like devastated, all my buddies, you know, and, and it was elementary school when David Von Erich passed away. 
I remember that all the kids. We were, I forgot what grade we were in because it wasn't that. It was probably what early mid eighties when he died. Yeah, I, think. I was I was a freshman in high school, so that was eighty three. Yeah, yeah, eighty three, maybe eighty four. My dad, we were, my dad was actually in the hospital that they brought oh, him. Shit. They brought him in one of wow. it was one of the Von Erichs, but yeah, my yeah. dad saw him. Like Jesus. go across him. One of that might have that might have been Chris because David David died in Japan, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was David died in Japan. In, I think it might have been Chris. Yeah, but Dallas. we we were just we couldn't believe it. We we were all mortified. All the little all the kids in elementary school just were that day was just like brutal when David von Eric passed away. I'm pretty sure. I think we we're in school or yeah I, yeah. But I remember just being and that, all that just was like, and I remember like it kind of took what Vince did to kind of save us, if that makes sense. Cause like, right. I look at it this way, Chris, and tell me if I'm wrong, but the, I looked at the Von Eriks. They were like, when they all passed, started passing away, right. it was like the day the music died. It was that plane crash for Buddy Holly, Big Bopper. It was like, and then there was this weird, when David Von Erich passed away, there was this weird void for a lot of us, the kids who just, our hero was gone. And it, and Hulk Hogan was almost like the Beatles. Right. Like it kind of brought rock and roll back when Hulkamania kind of took off. It was like, oh, shit. OK, we have someone else we can just put all of our love into, because I I really think if David Von Erich lived. I, I, I could see WCCW had could have given WWF a run for their money back mm-hmm. then. Like, I think David was so charismatic and just man, he was so much fun to watch. Well, they were they were talking about uh, giving him a run at the NWA title. And, oh yeah, uh, you know they were definitely. Uh, he was. They were definitely grooming him to be a long-term national wrestling alliance yeah. uh, world yeah. champion. So, they, and then they gave it to Kerry for a short bit of time. That's why Kerry, yeah, Texas yeah. Stadium, right when he beat Flair. Yeah, was yeah. that it? That, that's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was man. I mean, and then so, you know, what's funny. My favorite Taker memory is is uh, when I was. It wasn't even, I mean, of course, all the matches that you watched on TV and pay-per-view were fantastic, but it was the, uh, it was in, in Laredo, Texas. Uh, my, I took my nephew, little cousin to go see SmackDown. And, um, it was, uh, the main event was Triple H Taker and just being in the room when the place goes black and you hear the funeral yeah. bell, that would, nothing tops that. Like it, that, that was the best intro. And then, you know, being fortunate enough to go to WrestleMania 30 and seeing the, okay. So we, I went in cause uh, you know, Gabriel Iglesias uh, had produced my Netflix special, my, yeah. my hour special. Right. And he, at the time uh, me, I was, I was one of the comics who would sometimes go on the road with him. And he, and he knew that I was a big Mark and he, he hit me up and he goes, Hey, he's a big Mark. Mark. He's, he's a massive big. one. I, I met, I met, uh, I met Hall. I met D, DDP, Jake, the snake all through, uh, through and stone cold all through fluffy. Right. And, um, and so he hits me up and he goes, Hey, we're going uh, to mania. We're going to do a show in new Orleans the night before you're in. And he, he got us a little weird, uh, you know, luxury box up in the, you know, and wow. we were there for, it and we, we, we went in, they gave us like a little tour and it was funny, but uh, you could see it. Apparently it's on the WWE network. Uh, one of their, road to WrestleMania things, whatever. But we right, right when we walk into the bowels of the Superdome in, in New Orleans, this golf cart pulls up with Michael Hayes and Vince. And we're right there. It was me, uh, Steve Simone, and I think it was Alfred Robles. And we 
all. I just took my phone and I'm like, holy shit. I took like three pictures of Vince. And right when they Ooh. walked away, three security guards came because he needed to delete yeah. those pictures right now. I'm like, oh, yes, sir. I'm deleting them. There no you go. Shit. Like, and that's then, something oh, I yeah. about. That's, that's confirmation that they don't like if you're a backstage guest, they don't let you take any pictures at all. Yes. Yeah, I, grew, yeah, up in, I was, grew up in the era that we didn't have these. Yeah. Right, didn't have these. right. And so you, if you showed up and happened to have a camera or a to get, we used to have to get disposable cameras. We went to the, yeah. earth, you know, to the yeah. corner store and we'll get a disposable camera. Uh, but if you showed up with something like that, they kick you out in the back. Mm. You're a mark. Well, I bet. Yeah. I bet. Of course. That's it's it's because you can't, you can't fuck with it. You can, they right. still, you can't fuck with it with the illusion. You can't, I mean, even right. if, even if like, look, we all know, but fuck, don't fuck around like it. And, and it was, it was, so we go in and we're, we're taking a tour and warrior comes out. We see him come out of his dressing room. I was like, Holy shit. It's the ultimate warrior. And then, uh, Cena comes by on a golf wow. cart and just waves at us. And, uh, cause they, they kind of knew Gabe a little bit. Right. And then Stephanie walks by and says, hi. And we're like, and then of course we see stone cold. And, and he recognized and he kind of starts giving us a personal, like we're walking with, with Austin and we go see Scott Hall at the cafeteria and all this shit. And then Austin, it was really funny, but some, I, I don't know who it was, but some old school wrestler walked past and he, and it was one of the funny things he tells Austin, he goes, Hey Steve, you got to put me in a movie, man. And then Austin goes, Oh no, go talk to rock. I, I'm going to put you in some piece of shit that goes straight to DVD. He goes, you want to be in a good movie? You go talk to rock. He'll put you in a good one. And, then, uh, and, and as we're walking, so we're walking and we see a ref and everybody it's WrestleMania 30, a bit, obviously a big deal. Everybody we saw though, looked calm, right? They all God. looked like, okay, here we go. There was this one ref who was nervous as shit, and he just kept compulsively lacing up his shoes over and over and over again. And Austin goes, hey, man, what match you got tonight? And the guy goes, uh, uh take or Brock. And he goes, oh, oh all right. And we're, and we're like, why is he so nervous? And he then knew the finish. He knew, he knew the, the finish. finish. And yeah. we were like, and then Steve Simone and I were, but we looked at each other and we're like, Something might happen tonight yeah. with Taker Brock. Like, why is this guy so nervous? And, and it w- what was fascinating was everybody knew Taker was going to win. So if you rewatch it, I don't know if they fudged the audio, but not many people were into the match. Like, if we were all watching, but there wasn't much crowd noise. There was, everyone's like, yeah, he's going to beat him. And then when he pins him, we were like, everyone was like, wait, what? What the fuck just happened? Like, it, it was that that was fucking incredible to see that and just to see everyone collectively gasp in the superdome when they realize because then everyone is like wait this is this real or not and then they just on the jumbotron they put up this big graphic where it was like 21 and then the number one comes up in the loss column and everyone's like what the fuck it was it was was, it was uh, something else that was also the yesel mania that was also daniel bryan's uh big great finish uh, yeah, it was Batista and 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 Orton, the three like, uh, three way between. Honestly, yeah, I think that it was, was Batista. That was the was last. It no, it was it was uh, he faces Triple H at the beginning of the night. Yes, and wins his spot in the triple threat with Batista and Randy Orton. Gets and Orton, the yep. big win. Uh, that was like the last great WrestleMania because you had it was awesome because they they, they did that old school. They did that old school shit where Brian gets taken out in a stretcher and he had a neck brace on and then he just starts shaking and he rips off the neck brace and runs back into the ring. Like all that. It was, yeah, that was, uh, 
That was great. You said you saw Warrior, so that was Warrior's last weekend. That was that yes, was, it was. That he yeah. went to the Hall of Fame. That was when he was the yeah. Hall of Fame. So that, that so all the Hall of Famers came out. And then his final thing, though, we weren't there for it, was raw. but the Monday Night Raw when he mm-hmm. came out, and that was the last one. We, well, we left Monday morning, but uh, yeah, we weren't there for the Raw, but we went. We were there for the Hall of Fame induction when they uh, when Kane came out and cut Mr. T off because he was rambling for like 30 minutes. And, and yeah, like, and then, and then, uh, I remember that. The you one where, call where, that a call from the office. Yeah. <laughs> he would say, we would, go, we would go like this. We go. We do this. That means you're taking too fucking long. Now it means you know, the office is calling. Oh, get, up, get the fuck off. Now, so now wait a minute. Uh, so let me ask you this, Chris. With promos, are are you not really given? Like I know that was different. That was an induction speech, but. Are you not real? Are you just, do they just say, hey, go talk and we cut you off when we're ready? Like, how does that work? So as, as promos, when I was in the business, they would give you pointers. They would say, yeah. okay, you're facing so-and-so on August 3rd at this, in this town. And that's what we're advertising here. So say what you want to, but these are the points you need to Hit make. Those notes, this yeah. is, you know, like yeah. At, yeah. at the location where you're wrestling. And they would give you, and then then they would let you go, and you know, hope, and, and see where it went. It was more yeah. of a, it was more of an improv. Yeah, you know, getting uh, having the ability to, uh, to kind of uh, tweak them the way that you felt what it was going to draw the people. Yeah. and you know, we always we always said if you put a little truth in there. Like that, that's that's gonna pit, maybe hurt the guy's feelings or piss him off. Then you're <laughs> then you're at the spot where you're really gonna start drawing a crowd. So if yeah. he's having trouble, if he's having trouble in this marriage, you, you know what I'm saying? You Bring go it. for it. Oh, yeah, you go for Bring it. Bring it up. So now, would the guy say anything afterwards? Like like, Why you have to yeah, do that? He'd walk by and go, "You motherfucker," you know, and then go out there and cut a promo on you. You always wanted to be the second guy, right? 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 Because right. whatever he said about you that was a shoot. You, you get to go take notes before. and be like, okay, all right, all but right. I love, I love how you bring up a wrestler's divorce because, like, what if it's like some someone like the Night Ranger, and yeah. you're like, Night Ranger, right. you're yeah. having problems with your marriage. It has nothing to do with this. And yeah, no wonder your wife won't let you see your kid. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No wonder she. Oh Jesus! No wonder great. she's fucking the UPS. No wonder man. your parents are embarrassed to you. <laughs> <laughs> Now they do. Got So just let's get now really dark. Now everything's scripted. Sorry, scripted, your, yeah. Sorry, your wife got shot in the neck at the Capitol. Right, that storm in the Capitol. I was about to say, let's get really dark. Good job. Good job. Imagine the promo had Benoit lived. Imagine the promo someone who cut on him then and he lived. Jesus Christ. Imagine the shit they'd say. So, so with CM Punk's the last one of like, you just say what you want. Well, you know, that, when you start to when you start to get to the top, yeah, then they give you a little bit more freedom, right? They want right, to see right. where your talents really lie because you know that's the way Steve was. You know, right. I, I trained. I was trained by Chris Adams, the gentleman in the same training school as Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yep, Steve Williams, who became stunning Steve Austin, and I'm sure you know the story how he got the Austin name, wrestling yep. in Tennessee. And uh, so, 
uh, you know, when you get to the top, they, they start to give you a little bit more of a flexibility, which is kind of a yeah. little bit more what AEW is doing. AEW does that. You know, yeah, so they, let, they let the they, they let the guys have their personality a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, I think, great, right? Yeah. It's become attractive because I don't care if they're, if I don't care who, how good of an actor or a performer yeah. you are, if you're yeah. reading somebody else's words, they just don't seem truthful. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like, like comedy. If, it's yeah. like stand up. It's exactly. like stand up. It's got to come from you. It's got to be you. If it's going to mm-hmm. be genuine, it's got to be you. That's why I've never like, and I'm not knocking it, but I could never have been in like a writing group with other comedians because I, I want this to be what is coming out of my head. Mm-hmm. I want this. When you see me on stage, you're going to see what I'm believing in my, my everything. Like, that's what I want you to see. I don't want you to have to, you know, if that makes sense, it's, it's freedom. freedom. It's, it's freedom. freedom. I'll it's take freedom. tags and I'll give tags out. But like meeting yes. with eight comics to write each other's jokes is just like, well, right. unless right. unless we're all writing a sketch show or a sitcom, exactly. I don't see the exactly. fucking point of yep. this. You know. Now, now, Chris, I have a quick question for you about that about the leeway because I know Austin talked about how Vince first they threw him the ringmaster gimmick and he right. rejected that. How much freedom are you given when you're not a big name to? say no to a gimmick they throw at you and because what i i guess my point is why the fuck did terry taylor say yes to the red rooster i just thought that was so thought he could get over with it i mean did he really because i was so i I, I know i feel right after right after terry left new york yeah uh, he did a stint here in dallas and i worked with him shows and you know we're talking in the back and all the boys are talking to him and he looks over. He looks over at me and he goes, "Why is everybody staring at my hair?" Yeah. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't have the red stripe in his hair, but all right. we could think was, "I can't believe you fucking you spent three years with that fucking red stripe in your hair." Right. You know? Right. I mean, here's the, here's the deal when it came to, especially when it came to Steve. Steve was a he was a completely different monkey. I mean, when he got in the business, you could see there was something a little special. Right. Okay. Okay. You know, yeah. uh, we trained in the same training school together, but you saw that he was a great athlete, yeah. and uh, he was he had uh, you know uh, played football at North Texas. And That's Denver. right. And uh, he was just he had he had his own ideas of you know where this might go, and he yeah. kind of came out of the box a little hot. So, which, you know, it's something that not everybody has. It's, you know, right. ta- talent is talent is talent. And, you know, you see it, you see it in, in the stand-up industry. Of course. You see it all the time. You see somebody that has never, you know, not been on stage or not, not been popular, but they get on stage and they have a little bit of a air about them. A little spark. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Then, sure. they're, then they're selling merch the next week. Yeah. <laughs> they're not as a, they don't as a guest spot i saw that on i saw that on facebook i'm not gonna name names but i already see like a bunch of a bunch of open micers selling merch right now and it's just like what are you it's what are you doing <laughs> look unless, unless it's only fans and you're showing your nuts or tits enough you know which, what I mean? which is respectable <laughs> Listen, nobody wants jokes. to see my nuts jerry believe me they like this. You don't know, Chris. You don't know. You don't can I, know. Can I, ask, can I answer your question when it comes to, uh, you know, I think Steve just wanted to get his foot in the door. And yeah. I think I th- from what I heard 
when they gave him the uh, the ringmaster gimmick, they mm-hmm. kind of suggested to him, "Hey, shave your head," and he didn't want to do it. He was trying because he still had the long blonde hair at that time, well, right? He, yeah, you know, yeah. He had a shorter. It was kind of thinning out. Yeah, yeah. It was thinning out. They were like, "Hey, what about this?" And he was he kind of resisted, and yeah. but as he got in, he hated the fucking gimmick. And he was right. looking, he, I think he was tossing ideas back and forth to the creative team and just, you know, obviously kind of fell into the st- whole stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So Interesting. You get your foot in the door. They didn't, they didn't want Mick Foley. Nobody wanted, Vince hated Mick Foley. They, they didn't want him. They That's a big. Vince didn't want. It's a big he accusation. He didn't even want him in the organization as Jack, wow. Cactus Jack. They're like. And, That's actually and I, know, true, yeah. I know Jim Ross really fought for him because he was such a talent. Yeah. And Vince was like, oh, well, he didn't even deserve to be in our organization, you know? And so. That's that so a- wild considering how Foley was the one who finally had him beat WCW when they announced when Shivani said he's going to win the belt tonight. No one cares, and that's why everyone. T- I remember me and my friends were watching Nitro, going, "What? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking put it on Raw? Are you kidding?" And, one of WCW's many mistakes, oh. that they, that and, that, and, and the whole work. mankind gimmick with the with the mask was just yeah. to fucking hide that it was Cactus Jack. Right, right. And the but, mankind gimmick ended up being my favorite. Well, out of the and three. Vince oh, yeah. ended up falling in love with him because Mick Foley's just a, such a fucking nice guy. Mm-hmm. He's yeah, right, and he um, and just he's so great. I mean, it, dude, that I mean, of course the the hell in the cell to take those bumps like. <laughs> I think that's another reason why Vince liked him because he was able to take those extreme bumps that nobody wanted to take. Nobody. Uh. Well, and things were changing. The things were starting yeah. to lean to more towards the uh, kind of over the top, extreme. You know, yeah. uh, ECW was getting you know some gravitas, and and things were going kind of well for them, and yeah. they were getting noticed, and and so it was it it was the perfect time for him to come into the group and yeah. get his foot in the door and do what Vince wanted. And then kind of, you know, you saw the way things went from there. Do you ever have, do, so when you were wrestling, was there anything that insane that anyone pitched or anything like that? Like I, that, I know they, they probably still, they did the barbed wire matches back then. Right. Or was that? Yeah. Well, that was, uh, I didn't, when I went back to work for, uh, for the for the sportatorium the last time when when Gary Hart was running it uh, yeah. who ended up when we say this all the time became my mentor it's the Gary Hart yeah. podcast so, we bring up Gary Hart all the constantly. time that's awesome at least once awesome. it's it's counting Gary awesome. so and Gary yeah. asked me, Gary asked me if I, if I like I I had done a German gimmick my last name's Germany I'd done yeah. a gimmick with the helmet and the monocle and the whole kit kabuli so oh, I see you do a pretty good German gimmick would you mind doing that for us and at that point, I was like, "All right, I just need to get my foot in the door." So yeah, I yeah. did whatever he wanted. I did. I wasn't. I wasn't. You know, it was a little old school. You yeah. know, the, yeah. It was. Uh, he wore was, It was just in the mid nineties, <laughs> and so you know, Nazis weren't all that present anymore. You know, right. So. <laughs> Now, God, you would have been you would have been over with everybody who stormed the Capitol. You would have been over with all those fucking pieces of shit. That's all I I needed. So, you know, and and then, uh, you know, then Gary ended up putting um, me and my tag team partner together and and putting us in a gimmick as Team Extreme and doing 
it was becoming popular, the bob wire and the baseball bat yeah. and the fire to the ring and all that kind of stuff. So, so, you know, you, once again, you just got to get your foot in the door and, and then, yeah. you know, you make it your own. Yeah, of course. Of course. And I think Vince wow, likes, but... I think Vince likes giving people terrible gimmicks. Because, oh, it's, it's all a rib. Yeah. Cause I mean, 90% out, of those, you know, is that like a hazing thing? Is that like yeah, a, a rite of passage? Is it like a rite of like, okay, if you can survive this, we're, then we'll take it. We'll he put one we'll of the greatest you. wrestlers in the world in polka dots. Dusty yep. Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes, polka dots. And Why, was, what, a, was that just a, was, was that a little bit of a fuck you? Yeah. It was was a that a little bit of a fuck you? Because Dusty was a rival for so long. Well, and and it was, was like, you know, well, when you come book, here. He was the booker in Atlanta. Yeah. And was so popular. And when he left Atlanta and came to Vince, Vince was like, all right, uh, I see him in polka dots. I see him in polka dots. And, and of course, within six or eight months, Dusty made those polka dots. Dusty popular. It's funny. As a kid, because of him, when I first saw that, I wasn't familiar with him in Atlanta. Right, I knew who he was a little bit. Right. But when I saw, I was like, oh, wow, Dusty Rhodes came to WWE F. That's cool. And I remember I was like, why is he in polka dots? I remember thinking that looks stupid. He was so good that after like a couple of months, I'm like, those are awesome. Like, I remember thinking, like, where can I get some polka dot fucking shorts to wear? Because those things, he made that fucking cool. Like, because he's Dusty Rhodes. Like, he's, you know. And then he started to get over, over with the polka dots. And yes. What, what did Vince do? Vince put him with, with, uh, gave him a valet who was an unattractive black woman that's right to completely throw him off again mm-hmm. and what did dusty do dusty doubled down and turned it into a incredible gimmick turned her into an icon that's, too. that's amazing yeah. so so what happens in those does do you think vince appreciates that or do you think that do you think that is, is he like the owner in major league who wants him to lose both and then of, when they start winning ways. he's both ways. Okay. Okay. I think, I think he might be the weirdest uh, uh, millionaire or billionaire on the planet. They they released text <laughs> they released text messages recently mm-hmm. when he was. Oh, doing, I heard about that. When he was like doing the NFXFL mm-hmm. when it was yeah. still whatever, and the exec was trying to get hit was thinking about getting Johnny Manziel or whatever. Right. Vince texted him catchphrases basically like doing business like there's no chance in hell johnny manzel is going to be in the xfl and this poor guy is just like all right vince that's cool we won't get him like he's just he's just talking to a crazy 75 year old man and don't, get, don't give him a gun he'll shoot himself in the foot I'll <laughs> but every story i've heard from him it's just like yeah he's he's like a, a connecticut redneck that doesn't want to admit that he's a redneck but he's a, i can see he's, that I can see that. God, you say that like it's a bad thing. Yeah. (laughs) It is. It is. Yeah, as you drink Miller Lite in my home. Amazing. Five years sober, and he brings a six-pack of Miller Lite. Oh, my God. Stop it, Chris. Oh, he's cool. I don't care. I never drink one. Yeah, you should have seen Misty's face when I brought it in the door. (laughs) My wife's face like, oh, oh, today he relapses. Oh, This is the day. He's day. talking wrestling, and he, this is what's going to put him back. God damn it! <laughs> but you brought now, up you brought up CM. Punk, go ahead. And yeah. I think with CM Punk's promo, I think that's the last promo of its kind that we're going to get because we talked about telling the truth. CM Punk went uh, like too far in the whole truth 
bombing and we're never going to. I'm surprised they let him get as far as he got. Mm -hmm. Like, I thought they were going to cut his mic right off the bat when he said, the one thing you're better at me, John, is kissing Vince McMahon's ass. I was like, oh, well, they're cutting his mic. But when they let him go, I think it was only when he finally started mentioning the rival promotions, I think, that they cut him. When he started mentioning... They cut him on when when he's when he's calling out the anti bully campaign that they were. That's running, right. And that's he's calling right. out. That's when they cut it. He They're could like, have okay, gone enough. off. He could have gone off Man. the Susie Susan G. Komen bullshit. Like that's right, what, right. <laughs> but yeah, CM Punk. That's amazing. Ahead of his time because like you, you look up the reasons that he left and it's just like that's what's happening right now. Yeah. But you have to yeah. you have to give some of those guys that are at the top. A little bit more freedom yeah and it just so happened that you know i think that cm punk was probably at the end of his rope mm-hmm. yeah and he was he, he was either he, he wanted either things to change or he wanted them to let him go yeah and so, well you know and, and dan you say that cm punk was like really bringing up things that are starting to happen but wouldn't you argue that i mean that as far as i know wasn't the body the first guy to really start fighting for the rights of wrestlers like back in the late seventies? Like, wasn't it Jesse who was kind of like, we need to be unionized and all this shit. Mm -hmm. And Vince wasn't having it. Right. He was like, but body was so charismatic. Vince couldn't just get rid of him. You know, he had to, I mean, he was Jesse, the body. Like it's interesting though. How? Yeah. I, man, I, I, I got, I tell you my, I, I've been such a, I went to my, my best friend, Daniel Mickle, his dad took us to a truck stop wrestling thing outside the outskirts of Dallas. And we were little kids. God, I can't believe and even that was that one. <laughs> <laughs> the guy, the main guy, I don't know if he ever worked. His name was Stomper. That was yeah, the, he yeah, was the, I know the Stomper. Stomper was, yeah, Stomper. He was, uh, and there was a guy named Ninja guy had like this Ninja outfit. Yeah. Um, but Stomper was, he was the main event and he was, and, and we knew him because my friend's dad did AC repair and Stomper did that in, in his off time, I think, or something like that. And it was like, but I remember like we did like, I had to go use a bathroom and I was a little kid. And I remember like, I didn't understand where the, where the dude who worked it told me where the bathrooms were. And so I went outside to like another bathroom outside the truck stop. And I happened to look up and I saw like four or five of the wrestlers like kind of doing their time. And and they all, they weren't, they weren't mad. Yeah. Yeah, They weren't pissed though, but they were like, Oh shit. And they ran inside like, Oh, this kid can't see this. You know what I mean? Like they just ran inside. It was funny. They're like, Oh shit. Like this guy can't see this shit. You know, it was funny. Stomper used to run the Villa Inn in Mesquite. Oh, so, really? Yeah. So I don't know. That might have been the Villa Inn. That might have been. It was. It was. It was on top of a truck stop. It was yeah. like it was right by a big ass truck. It was like, that was nice, probably nice, it. Yeah. Nice little lounge. It was a pretty big. It was big. It was big. They. I mean, they were selling merch. They were. You know, like it was. Uh, sure. That was. Yeah. And it was so. Yeah. That. And that. I mean, even that was fun as a kid seeing like you know guys who you had guys who look like Stomper. And then there were dudes who probably weighed a hundred pounds soaking wet who right. were wrestling. And just, you could tell like, man, this guy, this is step one, right? For this person. This is his. Yeah, just like comedy. You, you yes. Guys, you guys get up, get up, start somewhere, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was really fun. And th- those are the best matches were 
the guys who didn't look as big and cut as the other dudes because you could tell they were like, this is my chance, right? Like yeah. they were just, it was all, it was like watching a, a preseason football game in the third quarter when they bring in all the guys who maybe one of them is going to make the team. And they're mm-hmm. like, they fucking do Pre- just gambling. Preseason games. And, yep. and, and you never know who's going to be on TV from the yeah. He right. invited me to XCW out in Denton. It was a, a reunion show he was on. Lance, oh. Lance Archer was there wow. uh, like two months before he hit AEW. And then Ricky wow. Starks. Ricky Starks yeah. was the main event. And he Dude. was on AEW yeah. like uh, uh, two uh, months Red later. Red Dog was there. Red Dog. Yeah. So Rodney Mack and Jazz wow. and everything. Got wow. to see Jazz versus Miranda Gordy. That's uh, badass, Barry dude. Barry daughter. It was fucking amazing. That's awesome. That that's is, wrestling. Those shows that's, are that, Yes, I love those. That's the... Oh, man. My very, first, my very first live event was uh, just in Conroe, Texas, back in like the early 2000s at this ranch. And it was like Honky Tonk Man was there. This sounds like a white funny. supremacist rally if you say I Conroe. Mean, this, they did speak. They did speak. <laughs> Honky Talk Man and Greg the Hammer Valentine. It was very weird. There was wrestling, but also cross burning. Yeah. It's a very, it's a very that weird. That was during event. intermission. Yeah, it was during intermission. $10, $10 for a ticket back then, by the way. Oh, shit. <laughs> they gave you free shirts and hoods. Oh, that's, yeah, right, right. That's great. White's the only color they have. White's the only yeah, color. Oddly enough. <laughs> All the luchador masks were in white. It was very, very weird. They were behind a wall. <laughs> they were behind <laughs> a wall. You had to go outside to get them. They were building the wall. They were building it. They, they were, were building, building the wall. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God Mexico paid for it, right? <laughs> anyway, all right, I'm done. I'm done. That's a lot. Oh, wait. I'm, I'm such I'm so bu- I'm so bummed we didn't get to see Trump's health care plan that he promised two weeks after the election in 2016. Any day now, right? We're getting he's got six, five days left. He's gonna she's gonna show the plan, right? Any no, day. No, this now. was it. This was it. The healthcare plan. Oh, was that it? Let a yeah. pandemic occur. Let a pandemic. There it is. Population Man, control. I, <laughs> <laughs> and that concludes part one of Retro with Rocha. Thank you guys so much for listening. Part two will be out Friday. Give us an email at countinglightspodcast at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at counting underscore lights. Thank you for listening. This has been Counting Lights Podcast, where wrestling and comedy lock up.